Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we introduce your future favorite artist to you today. And today we are sponsored by www.heritagehiphop.com for we are more than music. And you can go to our website and check out great classic interviews, podcasts, a gallery of great artists, music videos, and most importantly, the celebration of hip-hop culture from New Jersey to the entire world. For we are more than music, we are God's heritage, and that heritage is hip-hop. So you can support by going to heritagehiphop.com and becoming a member and getting exclusive playlists and exclusive blogs given only to our members. We are also sponsored today by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. Changing your life only takes 15 seconds, and that decision is changing your financial future. You could do so by fixing your credit. Open your wallet to more income instead of paying out more debt by going to heritagehiphop.com and clicking on the link that says Transparent Credit Repair and receiving 20% off of all services rendered by Transparent Credit Repair. Transparent Credit Repair believes in being transparent and always keeping you up to date and informed on all financial matters. So if you're looking to change your financial future and not give your financial future in the hands of someone who doesn't know you and who's not being transparent and love to tell you the truth and be clear, go to Transparent Credit Repair by once again going to heritagehiphop.com and clicking on the link and changing your financial future. It only takes 15 seconds. On today's episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, we celebrate hip-hop from around the world, starting from New Jersey to North Carolina to Ghana, Africa, where we have a new group, The Rip Mob, composed of Mr. Ripley, uh, American MC, and The Mob God, an MC from Ghana, who's not only lyrical, as both are, but they have a story that's very relevant to not only knowing your legacy, but how to pass it down as well the mob god unfortunately was not able to complete this interview but mr ripley represented this team correctly on this interview so i ask that you pay attention have fun enjoy the interview and i'll come back with the rest of my commentary when it's done Peace and blessings and welcome back to the heritage hip-hop podcast where we introduce you to your future favorite artist today and today's interview is a different type of interview because we're going to interview two artists from different sides of the world that became a group and represents true hip-hop. I have one of them on the line right now. Please introduce yourself to the people. Peace. This is Mr. Ripley, representing Rip Mob and Roll Events and Tail Records. Shout out to you because you are one of the legacy stories of hip-hop, which is like um, an enduring story. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Let's talk about some of your humble beginnings before we get to talk to your partner and when he comes on. Um, Red Bank, New Jersey. Tell me about Red Bank and what made you want to get into hip-hop. Oh, okay. Red Bank is, that place is, is my family's history. You know, our family dates back to, like, some of the original settlers in that town. But mm -hmm. uh, what made me get into hip-hop is just, um, I just heard it, you know. I I don't. Uh, I would say probably beginnings was video music box, you know, Red Alert. I I, I caught wind of it and just fell in love with it. You know what I mean? I feel you. 
Because in your area of Red Bank, there's a lot of hip-hop in that area, though. Yeah. Like, let's look around at Red Bank, whether you go to West Freehold, Freehold, Asbury, Kingsburg. Shout out to Kingsburg. Yeah. <laughs> Old Bridge. Let's even take it to um Matawan area. Fact. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a lot of hip-hop and a lot of sports and a lot of culture down there. Yeah. What was the yeah. hip-hop like down there, and how did it influence you to um pick up the microphone and even do some production? Uh, it was, like I said, it, it just became, a you know, something I love. You know, it was like I played with toys, and then at like 10 years old, it was like, this is what I wanted to do. From hearing Run DMC and Rock Kim, you know, it just, it became something I wanted to do. And as I realized that everybody, all my friends was doing the same thing, we was all, you know, if we was playing or whatever, we was talk, also talking about the whatever we recorded on Saturday, you know, on Red Alert and Mr. Magic and bring it to school on Monday. So it just, and everybody in my neighborhood, my town is just about family, basically. You know what I mean? It's like the town is small. So everybody, like I said, and the people, usually most of the people that live in that town, family been there for probably going on 50 to 100 years. So Mm -hmm. everybody's like tied into each other. So it was just like we just we used to have block parties and we break dance on the corners, you know. And then people, as we got older, we started venturing into New York and up in East Orange and North, and it just became what we did. Let's talk about that era though, because you kind of remind me of my man. Shout out to Simply Put. Mm-hmm. You remind me, by the way, you talk of somebody who was from the pause tape era. That yeah. you was rushing to come to school with a radio to be like, yo, look what I got on Saturday that y'all ain't got. And it was a, it was who had the flyest and freshest um, radio edited mixtape that you could make yeah. off of the weekends. Is that true? Yeah, facts, facts. Okay, that's okay. exactly right. And and when you're from that era, you're wide open to everything. Mm-hmm. But see, New Jersey is closed minded and very very bitter. I want to know, as you came up to East Orange and North, because I want to dispel this rumor, was there ever a North Jersey, South Jersey uh, bias when you came to do your do your craft? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know more one time while we was in a group, I was a part of a group called The Madness, and we had a, a show at Zanzibar, and it was the after party to a Smoking Grooves concert. So was a lot of people in the crowd, you know, I, Jay-Z was there, it was a couple other people there, and we was on the bill, we was on the, you know, we were supposed to perform, but what happened was whatever, the, the guy that was running the, the show, that instead of us performing, we had to battle some kids from North, so we knew it was a setup from them, so as soon as I got on, they, they started booing me, once they said I was from Red Bank, they just started booing me put my homie on, and they booed him. <laughs> and then the other guys got on, and they put on the show. So it was, you know. But other things, you know, North, if, you know, it was especially in North, if you, you got a, uh, we used to go up there to go shopping, you know, we got, you know, a couple of us got robbed a couple of times and all types of crazy things, you know. So, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of things going on between the South Jersey and North Jersey things. You're talking about the 90s, too. Yeah. Yeah, the 90s 
crazy. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because Jersey unity is something that we're trying to preach on Heritage Hip Hop just to show the world how influential New Jersey artists, even New Jersey athletes, are into the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. By going through your discography, you are a very deep, proficient, a word word user and your production because you do your own beats, right? Yeah, a lot of it, you know, but I do, like, most of the stuff that I rhyme to, I usually don't rhyme to my beats. I haven't in a while. I might do one or two songs on my album for my beats. But most of my, the stuff I rock to is from other producers. But I do do my own beats. You know, like, I do beats for other people, a lot of other uh, artists out there. You you have some interesting music that I really got into, like mm-hmm. the um, the Turtle Rock album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, first and foremost, salute to you for putting a shout out to Turtle Island on there because that's what our original people called this land anyway. It wasn't North America; it was Turtle Island. So salute to you exactly. for that reason. You know what I'm saying? And when I go through your project, you're very word provocative. What does it mean to be word provocative to you as an MC or a rapper? Oh, it's very important. And um, the word, even the way I pronounce the word so you can understand. And the reason that came to being important to me rhyming was because when my mom found out that I wanted to be a rapper, she said, that's cool, but just make sure people understand what you're saying. What? No. Okay. I'm sorry, my granddaughter at the at the door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my mom, yeah, she she made sure that I so I I you know, I always took that in and it's just that when it comes to words, I'm a reader. I love to read, you know, and that's something my dad instilled in me because before I could do anything, I'm he had to make sure I've read a book or at least read a chapter from a book every time I want to play video games, go outside. So that's just another thing that instilled into me. So I read and I feel like, you know, like I tell my kids all the time, your brain is a muscle. And if you don't use it, you know, it'll go limp and weak. So you got to be putting new words in. A day is pointless if you don't learn something, even if it's something minute. You know what I'm saying? Facts. And that's what I tell a lot of my own peoples. I tell them the most important exercise you could do is reading because it keeps your body proficient on so many levels. A lot of people like to run, and running is a good physical activity, but if your brain ain't proficient, you can't even run because you lose your synapses and you lose your neutrons and all the firing synapses and everything. Biology on Heritage Hip Hop for everybody out there. (laughs) I read in um, Bruce Lee's book, he used to train – when he would run, he would read at the same time. That's crazy. That's, That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> he would run miles and read at the same time. So, yeah. so he said he was working both of those muscles. But if you want to be an MC, you know what I'm saying, I don't care if it's you from the 90s or you from now, you should be able to read and have something to say. I mean, you can, you know, do a BS if you want to every once in a while. But, you know, that's what balanced our albums out. NWA might have been talking about a lot of foul stuff, but they also had a message in it too. You know, it wasn't just foul play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely correct because in the midst of 
after police, we still got to express yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's let's take on let's take that on because I mean you have a track that um kind of like stood out to me about on, on that same level. Tell me about Blood on the Rocks. <laughs> Blood on the Rocks. See the correlation to Rock is that's my family's last name. Rock is my family's last name, so it ties into. Red Bank is my family, the Rock family, they are the Lenape Indians. They're part of, our family was a part of, you know, we're the Lenape Indians. And those, supposedly, they tell, if you go through the history, they say there are no more Lenape Indians in New Jersey. The problem is we got, you know, we got reclassified into being called Negroes. And we, you know, we are some, the Rock family is some of the people who chose not to go on the trail of tears, they chose to stay there. So in order for us to maintain our identity and use that last name Rock, we had to shed a lot of blood. Even to this day, I got a lot of cousins that carry that last name that are sitting in prison from their uncles on down. And it's because of our, in that town, our family holds a lot of weight. But like I said, through us being reclassified and being treated as Negroes as they did at that time, you know, we got persecuted. So it was a lot of blood from the rocks. And then I have an uncle. He used to have a liquor store in Red Bank called On the Rocks. So, you know, it's... Know that just, place. Huh? I know that place. Oh, you know that place? Yeah, that's right by my uncle. <laughs> well, it was. It's no longer yeah. there. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? I want to talk to you about that off of, off of um, this interview because that's a little deep and something that I want to talk to, talk to you about something else on another on platform, another part of our platform. But yeah. keeping family ties and knowing who you are is what hip hop's all about. They call it the "Keep It Real" um, <laughs> movement that uh, old dirty bastard so so wonderfully coined that people took and ran with. Yeah. But you have a lot of pride when it comes to how you create your music. And taking your family's history and the bloodline from New Jersey to North Carolina, you've established an even, an even deeper sound even there because you've been influenced and being influential in other ways. Tell me about yeah. that change and how that change made you a more well-rounded artist when you changed your territory. Um, because of, I was forced to slow down and pay attention and like, it went from, you know, me running around all day or, you know, no matter if I come home from work, it's somebody ready to hang out. So I didn't have time to really sit down. When I moved to North Carolina, I moved into a neighborhood that was like, it wasn't really a lot going on, you know what I mean? So that was 22 years ago. So I just spent a lot of time sitting in the house with the family, reading and recording, writing, you know, and that's what I was doing, I'd say, for like almost 18 years straight, just been in this, in the lab, just going through it. So now it's like within the last 10 years, I've just been releasing everything, just, you know, letting everything fly from old to new. A lot of the stuff that I've been releasing is stuff that I might have recorded five years ago, but because I was just building a, you know, Building a catalog, now I'm just releasing it to everybody. How did your style change from the turtle rock to the chemtrails? 
<laughs> oh, you've been digging. <laughs> oh, that's what I'll do, man. Heritage Hill. I'm not going to talk to okay. you about this new thing. We're going to dig. <laughs> yeah, you're going to dig. Okay, Kim Trails is, Kim Trails is really like, it was an album I put out, um, the um, complicated music, okay? Kim Trails was just songs that didn't make it to complicated music. Okay. They were like, you know, just not throwaways, but songs that I felt wasn't good enough for complicated music. I put it on Kim Trails. And I, I named it Kim Trails just because it was, you know, like the leftovers. It was things falling from the sky. Now, Turtle Rock, Turtle Rock is, is more up-to-date and current. And what really brought on the Turtle Rock is that my family, I have a cousin, um, Nars, Nars Branham. He goes by Still Turtle. He's got a YouTube page. He does all the documentaries for the family. Look him up. You know, he's deep. We'll talk about him like, you know, you said we talk later. But, um, he's been, him and my, him and my other cousin, they've been touching on everything. You know, they've really been digging. So, you know, it's we close family. We, you know, so I've got into the digging. And then my wife, that's when she spends most of her time, her free time, she's online finding her family and finding out who her family is. Even we found out we're like distant cousins because she's from Red Bank too. That's why I said everybody in Red Bank's related. <laughs> so Turtle Rock became just the information that I obtained lately about my family and Turtle Rock, I mean, Turtle Island, you know what I mean, and things of that nature, and I just tied it into the music. I'm going to make you laugh, and then we're going to continue, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm already subscribed to his page. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds so, good. This, this, is a, this is a meant to happen interview, whether anybody likes it or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fact, fact. <laughs> So I want to I want to continue on when it comes to um, sound because you said something very interesting that I don't think a lot of people do in hip hop today. This is my personal opinion. I want to get your opinion before I ask my question. I think hip hop today is not even hip hop, and there's a lot of participants and not a lot of artists. Do you agree? Or not? There's a lot of participants and not a lot of artists. Do you agree? Yeah, one hundred percent. So one thing that an artist does is take his time to craft a project. And one thing that I see a lot of people don't realize they have to do is perfect their sound quality. Do you agree? Yes. Yes, 100%. I'm going to ask you this as an MC and as a producer. What is sound quality and how is it missing in today's hip-hop in your opinion? Oh, okay. Well, I, I would say one thing that's really destroyed the sound quality of music is mp3 because as people don't understand uh, mp3 has took all the wave files that it makes to make music and compresses them into one file so it draws away from the bass it brings the highs up so this is this is one way that today's music has destroyed the sound there's no uh what you call it hi-fi remember you know a hi-fi stereos you don't even have that you remember the cars back in the day they didn't have an equalizer in there you know in the car for their bass and you know you can't do that with an mp3 it's set so you can't equalize the bass and you can't adjust the treble so 
that's destroyed the sound of music, you know, me theoretically, what I think. You know what I mean? And then you have everybody, everybody can, you can record whatever. You can record on your phone, you know, you can record on your laptop. So everybody's got a studio. But people don't understand that it goes deeper than just hitting record and, you know, rapping. You got to look for the red, make sure your, you know, your, your, your sound isn't peaking. And these, and they, these type of things make the music sound a lot better. And I come from the 90s where I had to go, if I wanted somebody to hear my music, I had to go try to go up into Warner Brothers studio or something. And I couldn't go in there with a cassette tape that sounds like trash. Like, as soon as they put it on, they're going to be like, oh, hell no, we can't listen to this. So, you know what I mean? But these kids, they'll make a song in the, in the bedroom. I do it too. But before I release it, I'm going to make sure it sounds as best as it can if I'm not going to send it off to somebody to fix it for me. But I've obtained the skills to do it myself. But that's what they lack, and that's what I see lacking in the music business right now see, as far I was as destroying the sound. I was taking it a different way, but you took it in a way where I'm going to say is very pivotal because mm -hmm. for you, you're talking 808, hi-hats, waves, bass, reverb and things like that and that's that's the engineer's mind and that's what i said like the mp3 has because okay like if me and you were doing a song together and you recorded your song at your house and you're going to send me your vocals you should not put your vocals in mp3 or if you're sending me a beat you should not put the, put it in mp3 because I can't equalize it. I can't work with it. It's just going to sound the way. All I can do is turn it up or turn it down. If there's too much bass in it, I can't adjust it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so you have to send wave files whenever, you know, you're working with other artists and you're emailing. Like me and Mob, he's in Africa. He emails me his vocals, and I adjust them on my end. You see what I'm saying? Good segue. Because what I was talking about goes right into what you're talking about. I, was, I wasn't really talking about how the beat is engineered. I was talking about the ear and the lack of knowledge when it comes to the music. Oh, okay. See, Miles Davis said he, wants to, he wanted to make a song out of everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember one episode of the Arsenio Hall show, for those of y'all, that's I'm showing my age. On the Arsenio Hall show, Miles Davis had an uh, interview where he said he always wanted to make a beat out of sneakers running and the basketball bouncing with his horn. Mm -hmm. Because... Then he found the flavor of sound in everything. And with a lot of rappers today, they only have one sound, one flow, or one pitch that they rhyme in. Yeah, Do you agree? yeah I agree. So then your I partner, agree. Mob the God, shout out to him, my man. We were still waiting for him to go to line, everybody. Mob the God is an MC from Ghana who was heavily influenced by the 90s. And you can tell by um, his flow. Uh, let me ask you this. When you heard him, what made you want to work with him and uh, bring the uh, the Rip Mob together? Uh, Well, to be honest with you, he reached out to me. I don't know how he found me, but he reached out to me, and he said, you know, he wanted to do some music together. So I was like, cool, let's go. You know, because I'm the type of guy, like, I don't, you know, I don't charge for verses, which I should be. You know, I, I definitely should be, and pretty soon it's about to happen. I don't even charge for beats. 
you know what I mean, if they good, I'm not just going to give it to anybody, you know what I mean, but, you know, so he, he reached out to me, and I hit him probably with about 15, 20 beats. He was like, I want to do an album. All right, well, EP, okay, let's go. And that's how that worked out, you know. He sending me some, some of his earlier music, and I heard it, and I seen the potential, and I'm like, wow, this kid's from Ghana. Definitely gets to go, you know. And uh, I want to just make clear, he's probably not on because it's, he's in Ghana. You know, he's not from Ghana and lives in the States. He lives in Ghana. So there's a lot of the Internet doesn't work like it works here. The phone service doesn't work like it works here. So he might be having some technical problems trying to get, get through. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, it, it does take away some of the interview because y'all are a group. And I wanted to um, yeah. respectfully talk about each, each one of you as individual artists. Yeah. Just as well as a group, because you both have music out, and with this interview, I want people—I wanted people to get a feel of you, so they yeah. can um, they can listen to y'all collectively and solo as well. Because he has a song out now called "The Inquisition," which is crazy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. See, I, yeah. I, like I said, when you come to Heritage Hip Hop, we don't just go off the single; we we have to look to see who you are. That's what's <laughs> up. And um, the rip mob. Now the Rip Mob came together. He looked you up and found and found um found you, and y'all started working together. What impressed yeah. you about his sound to make you want to do an entire project together? Um, it was his flow, you know, the flow, and, and being that he's like I said, he's from Ghana, and he's rapping our slang. You feel what I'm saying, like. There's a couple other rappers out there that's like Breck Ali that's from Ghana, and there's a couple other guys. But, you know, he came to me, so me and him said, let's go. And, uh, and that, it, that's what I just jumped on him. And he's been doing his thing, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and the Brit Mob came through because me and, um, Righteous was talking. I was supposed to do an album. I don't know if you've seen the album I Am. That was, supposed to be with him, I was going to work, you know, me and him was going to do that together, but a lot of things fell in the, fell in the way, so I just ended up releasing it, and I told him, well, me and Mom got a project we're working on, and I'll, you know, we can use that one, so he was like, all right, let's go. Dope, dope, dope. Shout out to Righteous, the author of Truth Recordings. Salute. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's get into the project a little bit, because um, I think the most confusing thing about the project is that you never know what to expect. So when you get something mm-hmm. different, it makes you sit down. How many yeah. how, how many projects have made you sit down within the last 10 years? <laughs> uh, not that many. If I'm waiting for it, you know what I mean? But there's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of things that have been popping up lately that, that have been blowing me away. I'm not going to lie. It's a couple cats out there that, that definitely make me pick up the pain. Well, I'm gonna tell you that the um, it's called Spit Spreads Death, yeah. which is out right now. Everybody, make sure you um check out the Rip Mob. All right, um, the intro by itself. A lot of times when I listen to your music, the intros always set precedence over the first song. What was the mm-hmm. intro? What, what is what is the correlation to you between the intro and the first song? The why is that important? Okay, uh, well, the intro came from, like I said, I'm just a, a, I'm into history and things of that nature, and I just, 
this documentary fell upon me in the midst of our pandemic happening. It was a documentary about biochemical weapons. I was watching something, some app on Roku where they show old documentaries from the 50s. And, and, it, and this came on, so I was like, wow. Then I watched um, another documentary about Spit Spray's Death. You ever heard of that? What's it, what's it called again? Spit Spray's Death, what the name of the album is and where that comes from. No, I didn't. I don't okay, know well, that comes from during the Spanish, when they had the Spanish flu in okay. Philadelphia. They figured, well, they said that the Spanish flu was gone. So they had a parade in Philadelphia for the Spanish flu being gone. And what happened was all these people caught the Spanish flu at this parade. Oh, God. Yeah, and a lot of people got sick. A lot of people died from this parade, and it started a campaign called Spit Spreads the Death. So that's where the idea for the mixtape came. And it just, like I said, it fell into my lap while all this pandemic stuff was happening. So I said, yo, Mob, this will be going to name the album. I dug up, found some pictures. We put the, usually when I make an album, the first thing I want to do is figure out what I'm going to call it and make the cover for it. I usually make a cover for it before I even come up with a song for it. So it's like the cover to the book. And it's going to paint everything for me. So, you know, like, um, what's the first song? Two Feathers Up is the first song, right? Two Feathers Up, yeah. yeah okay, Two Feathers Up. Now, Two Feathers Up is, it, 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 it comes into the relationship of feathers. You know, a feathers, you know, keep a bird in flight. Represents elevation. And it's Two Feathers because we have Mob, you know what I'm saying? He's a chief from Ghana. Me, I'm a chief from North America, from Turtle Island. So, you know, we brought the two feathers together, and that's where that falls in with that. I'm feeling that because it's always good to have a connection to your music. And you connected your music not only to your life experience, but you're connecting mm -hmm. it to with your, your partner to show people that camaraderie and unity will always make the best out of everything, whether it's music, sports, anything, life-related. There's always community that makes that makes everything better, period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And one song I wanted to focus on is, ah, Train of Thought. Tell me about that one. Train of Thought, um, that's by my man uh, Litman, produced by Litman from Cologne, Germany. He one of the producers on the team. And uh, it was Train of Thought. It was just something I started writing about, you know. And Train of Thought is just, you know, training your mind to be conscious, to be aware, and to be active. So that's usually the the element I go into when I'm writing is awesome thought. I'm not just freestyling and just, you know, it's something sparks. When I write, I don't just write because I said I want to write today. I usually write because something sparked in my head and I'll start writing and then find the beat. So that's basically where it comes from. You know what? This is an odd thing, but it's a good thing. Is that both of y'all styles don't match, but the beats bring the um the beats bring the beats bring the connection to your style. Like mm -hmm. you are, like I said, you're very word placed. I could tell 
you're very well read and that you're very well um spoken, like you think before you speak. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can tell. I'm not saying that your partner is not. I'm saying he sounds more like he's spitting, like he's heavily influenced by Wu Tang Clan. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He has a heavy, he has a heavy word vocabulary that he puts yeah. on every song. So if mm-hmm. you anybody out here who likes Wu Tang, and you want to hear like a, a, a fresh fresh blood in hip hop that carries on some type of Wu Tang tradition, the mob mob the goddess for you. Yeah. Because yeah. he has that um, Bobby Digital type killer arm flow. <laughs> and he's a reader, too. Like, me and him trade information all the time. You know what I mean? Like, we bounce off of each other as if, like, you know, yo, tell me what they talk about in slavery in Ghana. And he'll tell me, and then I'll relay what we learned here. You know what I mean? And those type of things. And we bounce off of each other with information. And that's how our rhymes get painted, you know what I'm saying? Anybody, I bet you probably said not the same thing we learned over here, right? Yep, it's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something we'll talk about off of this interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the song I like, Is It Ain't Safe. Tell me about It Ain't Safe featuring Morris Hall. Oh, man, that's, Morris Hall is my right-hand man, like, when I first got into a booth, Mars Hall was there with me. Like, he's the dude that I seen rapping that made me want to be like, okay, I want to rhyme with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So me and him has been, like I said, we've been doing this, but he's like, he stayed in Jersey. So our kind of, you know, relationship kind of didn't stray away. But, you know, we grown, we got family. So he yeah. didn't stick to rapping like I did. I, I continued. He kind of fell back. But, you know, as the years went on, he kept hearing me like, yo, I'm coming back. Jay. like, I'm like, all right, come on. So, you know, we had a team of rollers, and he's a part of that team. So he just, I, I said, yo, we're going to get you on this track. He's like, all right, whatever, you know. And the It Ain't Safe came from what we're going through, you know, the pandemic. And and actually, that was the first song I started writing after I watched the documentary about biological weapons. Mm. Mm. So I want to ask you about that because in the days and times that we live in, the uh, the, the the pandemic is defining what life is in our world today. And y'all being in two different countries, or respectively continents, at that, mm-hmm. how has the pandemic altered life and made y'all better artists? or made your art more accessible to people as well? Uh, I mean, if you're an artist, the best times is when the worst times. You feel what I'm saying? Your best art is going to come when you're going through some shit. Mm-hmm. And if you if it, if it doesn't, and you're not talking about what's going on or having some sort of relation to what's going on, then you're not really an artist. You know what I'm saying? So those, the things that I've set back because, you know, I was working and I stopped working in March. My job ended in March. They laid me off. You know, I still haven't been back to that job. I work somewhere else now. But so I sat down for damn near a whole year watching everything. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And sitting right next to the TV and I'm picking up my pen and writing, making beats, communicating with people from all over. 
to find out how things are there, you know, because not only, like, I'm con connected with Mob, I'm connected with artists in Guyana, artists in Mexico. Like, I use the Internet to make my worldwide connection. So I've been plugged, I've been plugged into, I know what's going on in a whole bunch of different locations across this globe. And I just added it to my music and, and been reading, sitting in here reading. Making sure my kids is, you know, school workers done and shit like that. Or I feel all that. Shout out to everybody out there that's on the line listening to this podcast. This is Kareva Heritage Hip Hop with Mr. Ripley, one half of the Rip Mob. And mm -hmm. I wanna I wanna ask you this before we get into the heavy stuff. Is that um you've been active in this game for some years. Mm -hmm. I have seen the decline, the rise, and the evolution of hip hop when it goes through its peaks and valleys decade by decade. What mm -hmm. keeps your style fresh and what makes your music relevant as opposed to people who have been in the game and they stay stale and only on the um and only on the uh, equation that they know how to produce? What keeps you apart from them? Um that uh one thing is that I sort of stuck to the same formula. Like it's been kinda like I wouldn't say I'm trapped, but that's what I felt like what I that's what I represent. So I, I stick to it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm able to I, I, I had this thing to where if I start sounding like Curtis Blow to myself, I I had enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had enough. So I haven't gotten to that point yet. I feel like I haven't gotten to that point yet. And what's keeping me going is that, you know, people are like, whoa, yo, this is tight. You know what I'm saying? So as long as I get that, I'm going to keep going. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm fine with it. So like I said, it, what keeps me, but what keeps me relevant is that I tend to rap about current events and what's going on. You know, I tend to spit about what's going on currently, you know, so that also keeps me relevant. And like I said before, I, I'm, I'm not shy to work with other artists. I, I work with, you know, we can, somebody, hey, yo, I need a verse. Okay, let's go. So I, I try to stay relevant in that point, too, to where as long as it's not going outside my element, but I can do that, too. I can rhyme to anything. You know, you can give me any beat, I'll rhyme to it. But I choose not to go towards, you know, the popular music thing because I'm a grown man. I look kind of silly trying to, you know, do that other stuff. So, mm -hmm. so how has been with your partner ever been an elevation to you and made you and kept you as a fly MC? Yeah. Repeat that question again. I said so. That how has being with your partner kept you relevant? And oh, okay. Mob is like my son's age, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he and he a rapid fire MC, so he'll send me a verse, and I'll hear it and be like, oh, shit, like I got to step my game up. He's going in, you know what I'm saying? Because most of the time, like, I would I'll record it, and then I'll send it to him and be like, yo, go ahead and stick this. So when, with this EP, it was like, huh, hit with some beat, you pick a beat, send me whatever you got. You know what I'm saying? 
and that's how we did the EP, and we're working on the, the second one now, and that's how we're going to do the same process on that. Word. So he's keeping me on my toes by him being as sharp as he is. Word. Hey, man, I wish he was on this this line because um, I wish he was because a whole other perspective could have been given, and yeah. I think he gave the audience a good dose of Mr. Ripley. And yeah. shout out to us because we believe that Heritage Hip Hop, we believe that the greatest story ever told is the one you live, and we are honored to have artists come and take their microphone and tell the world they exist while other people only get stuck on the mainstream and not try to hear good, pure music. They only want to hear the mainstream media crap that comes out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So please give everybody your social media. If you know your partner's social media, give it out so they know where to um, find you, get in contact with you, and also get your music. Okay. Uh, well, Facebook, you can, you can go to Mr. Ripley. I have a Facebook fan page, Rulers Inc., R-U-L-E-R-Z-I-N-C, fan page. My government name is Kai Shimo. That's where I usually do most of my work on Facebook on my, my, my government name page. Instagram is Mr. Ripley Rulers, and Twitter is Mr. Ripley 97. Same thing on SoundCloud, Mr. Ripley 97 on SoundCloud. Mr. Ripley on Spotify, YouTube, all that. Alright. Mob the God is Mob the God on Facebook, but it's not Mob the God on Facebook. It's Mob the God on Facebook with two B's, M-O-B-B. And Twitter is the same thing and Instagram is the same thing, Mob the God. Alright, so everybody out there, we hope that you enjoyed this interview, but you know how I do. We at Heritage Hip Hop do not believe in streaming. If you want to follow these gentlemen and stream them, go right ahead. But if they make music that you like or you love, please purchase the music. Because by purchasing the music, not only do you keep your music, you also sow into the artist that created the music. So it's better to show them Love by giving them money so you can get yourself more music. Because, I don't know, what if your internet goes down? What if there's no electricity? What if we go through a pandemic again? Mm-hmm. If you don't have the music that you love, and by owning it, you don't have your music if they take it away. So please ensure yourself the ability to get music, have music, and keep music, and keep the artist creating music. you agree? Yes, sir. And that's what I'm talking please about. Do. Said Mr. Ripley. It is time for us to play the rapid-fire questions. You, you, you want to get into this with me? Let's go. The rapid-fire questions are not yes-no questions. These are questions that I would like for you to answer that shows that your depth of knowledge and your knowledge of the hip-hop culture. Ready to go? Okay. Yeah, let's go. Question number one. What song or album perfectly describes you from another artist's catalog? Uh, anything on the Midnight Marauders. <laughs> okay. Okay, what's your favorite song about that album? Uh, Sucker Niggas. Hmm, okay. <laughs> Interesting. If you had to define music to five albums, what would it be? Five albums, I would say, uh, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, 
I can't remember the name of Rick James' album, his first album, Stone City Band Joint. Okay. Rick James is my number one man. Uh, Wu-Tang Forever, uh, I would say Midnight Marauders, and it was written. Wow. Very, very eclectic. So once again, you are a person. Oh, I got to, you got to give me six because I got to throw in what the album too. All right, Red Man, let's go. Yeah. You are a percussionist. You like the feeling of music. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell about how you, you picked the album. All mm-hmm. right, let's, let's question. Let's have some fun. If this out, if this artist never had this beat, it would be your first single. What's the perfect beat that would have been your first single if this artist never had the um had the song? Uh, "Come Clean" by Jay Rudy Benz. That is a classic album. Yeah. <laughs> the East, the Sun Rises in the East. That is a classic. Yeah. And that beat, that "Come Clean" beat. What? Yeah, that's, that's a, Primo did his thing on that one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's Since right. you're an avid hip hop fan. Let's go into some hip-hop questions. Sometimes okay. sometimes people will take a song and remix it, right? Mm-hmm. Or they would either put other people on the, on the track or they just take the beat and, re, and just, you know, redo it. What is mm-hmm. the greatest remix in hip-hop history? Greatest remix? Hip-hop history. Oh, I would say uh, that Jodeci joint with Ghost and Ray, what was that, Freaking You? Freaking You, yes. Yo, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that joint right there. I like it. I like it. As an MC, what's more important to you, lyrical content or the, and the punch of the lyric or the vibe and people enjoying the song? The content and and they gotta be riding riding the beat. I have something. If they're not riding the beat, then they gotta be talking some shit. Hmm. When we, when we did remixes, sometimes we added people on the song, right? It's called the mm-hmm. feature. I think the feature's too overdone. I'm not a feature person anymore. But mm-hmm. when you get a feature where somebody could jump on a song and take the song, it's amazing. That's called mm-hmm. the guest 16 for people who don't know. I want to ask you a hip-hop question. Who has the best guest 16 in hip-hop history? Cool G Rap. On, uh... That mob beat joint. Whoa, which one? Uh, the one with the alchemist beat. The real, what is it, the realness? You talk about murder music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's a, that, that is a tough one. Okay. You the first person to ever say Coogee rap on this platform, so salute to you. Yeah, oh, Coogee rap is definitely a G. He's one of the best ever of all time. Salute to Coogee yeah. rap. All right, I have three more questions for you, and then we're going to close this interview out. And I'll, I'll, once again, I thank you for this um, interview. My um, we got three questions. My next question is this: If you could make your perfect song, your dream song, who's rapping with you, and who's doing the beat, dead or alive, no restrictions? I say, oh. I would say Rizzo on the beat okay. and Prodigy. You, Prodigy, and Rizzo? Yeah, me, Prodigy, yeah. and Rizzo. Mm. Shout out to Prodigy and shout out to Rizzo. That's yeah. what I'm talking. 
But it gotta be, it gotta be the, at least Wu-Tang Forever Rizzo. Yeah, cause that, the, the 10 diagrams really went into like symphonies and all other types of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when he started playing. That's what we talked about the RZA as well as Yeah, yeah. And when he started playing with the computer and, you know, synthesizing stuff, I, I kind of, you know, yeah, you ain't like got that. away from me a little bit. <laughs> okay. Two more questions to go. One of the, one of the questions I'm going to ask you, you know what? Us do three. How did you like your interview with Heritage Hip Hop? Would you give a testimony, please? Oh yeah, yeah, I loved it. Great. I'm glad that I, I I respect that you did research. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a journalist and like I said, I love to read. So you did your research and I respect that. And I see that from our conversation that we got some connections going on. Yeah. <laughs> we we're gonna talk yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So let let's get let's go to the final two questions of the um interview you're from new jersey originally right yep so i have this question i want you to answer in two different ways because maybe you know the second way all right i think brooklyn is the best representation of hip-hop music this is the only reason why i say that because that's the only community in hip-hop where i've seen them make a group that represents their borough mm-hmm. They were able to do it and make a hit without jealousy. Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? Boot camp? Nope. I'm talking about the Crooklyn Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So good that Primo did two and Knife Wonder did a third one. And nobody talks yeah. about the third one. <laughs> yeah, right? you're right. Yeah. So check this out. If you had to make a Crooklyn Dodgers for Jersey and for North Carolina, who would they be? You get only three MCs though. For and who's the location? So I get three MCs for North Carolina and three MCs for Jersey. That's right. You get three okay. MCs. Who's doing the beat? Who would be a Crooklyn Dodgers per se for Jersey and for North Carolina? So does the producer got to be from Jersey too? Nope. Oh, okay. All right. For Jersey, I would say Tretch, Red, and. Uh, Lauren. Okay. Who, who you want to do? On the on the beat of Alchemist. Okay. North Carolina. North Carolina. I would say um. What's my man uh from from Little Brothers uh. Pooh or Fonte? Pooh. Pooh. A rapper, big Pooh. Okay. Yeah, I say Pooh. I say, um, I, I'll put J. Cole in there. And, uh, it's a cat out here that I don't know if y'all know about him. Joe Sig. Okay, never heard of him. Never heard of him, but yeah, he, he's beat. He's dope. And, um, on the beat, I would say Timberland. That's pretty interesting. I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah. So for everybody out there listening, this is Karen with Mr. Ripley, one half of the Rip Mob. Make sure you check out Mr. Ripley's discography, Mob the God is discography, and their collective discography, The Rip Mob. Available to stream everywhere, but we ask you to buy it 
Check out their music on Bandcamp as well. With that being said, I thank you for coming on this platform, and just wanted to let you know, this next question is the most important question of the first interview. So you can always come back and talk. I love to talk with you. I love to build with you because one thing about heritage hip-hop is we are not bougie, and we really believe that in, in investing in the artists and not their playlists because anybody will listen to your music, but a person who appreciates you and what you do will have a conversation with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So with that being said, here's my question. You are big on family legacy, correct? Indeed. So 300 years from now, as your family, the rock name, et cetera, goes on in, in history, and let, I mean, in the future, I'm sorry, and people look back, they're going to go to the Music Hall of Fame and see Mr. Ripley in there. And somebody's going to say, who was that? And they say he was part of us. What did he do? And they click on a red button, and your hologram comes out, and they see your history in form, and they hear your music, and hear some of your exploits. My question to you is, what is the legacy you leave behind that made the world better because you did hip-hop music? Um, by them getting the unadulterated truth hmm. from, from truth's perspectives. And nothing but facts. Everything is the truth. So no theories, that, none of that. Just the unadulterated truth. Straight no chaser. So with that being said, everybody, always look for the truth. Because not only can the truth make you free, the truth will burn the truth will burn and that pain will make you a better individual. Mm. Everybody's scared of truth. But without truth, where will we be? Mm -hmm. and we're, what we give you today is the unadulterated truth with Mr. Ripley, his partner, Mob the God, and the Rip Mob. So make sure you support them. Thank you for supporting Heritage Hip Hop. And with that being said, we say peace and we out. Peace. The Rip Mob is a collection of artists and sounds that you should check out. One reason is not because of the beats and rhymes. One reason is to show you how global hip-hop is and how powerful the internet has made creation. Imagine an MC from Ghana and an MC from North Carolina by way of New Jersey coming together and collaborating on knowledge, beats, rhymes, and insight. That's how powerful hip-hop is. It's unifying people from across the coast and different cultures and continents so through uniting with each other, we have new forms of expression and beautiful forms of music to celebrate who we are, our culture, and the God that gives it to us. So salute to Mr. Ripley and salute to the mob God. Salute to Teo Records and their movement as well. Hip-hop is alive, y'all, and it's multicultural. It's, it's, more, it's over more than one continent. As a matter of fact, it's defining the world by giving those who have a voice a chance to be heard. So with that being said, this is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop saying thank you to everybody who's listened. Make sure you support both artists and continue to support us by subscribing to HeritageHipHop.com. We are more than music. We celebrate you, the artist, and not your playlist by giving you the opportunity to tell your story. This uh, podcast is also brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. You can change your life with one decision, and that's fixing your financial future. So go to HeritageHipHop.com and click on Transparent Credit Repair. 
and receive 20% off of all services rendered by Transparent Credit Repair by going through our website. Once again, go to heritagehiphop.com, click on Transparent Credit Repair, and change your life with just 15 seconds. I like to thank everybody for supporting us. Heritage Hip Hop is all over all social media, and we invite you to walk with us on our journey. Please subscribe to our YouTube page, subscribe, like, comment, and share. We would like for you to subscribe to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. We're also on Boom You It, which is www.boomuitt.com. It's another streaming service that allows you to post your blogs and your videos. You don't need a thousand subscribers to to monetize unlike youtube so we're also on boom you it i'd like to give a shout out to our partners the fleet djs the heat djs shout out to mj's hip-hop connect shout out to goodfellas tv shout out to recap with the goodfellas which is another show i'm on that is uh weekly on facebook and on boom you it and youtube recap w with the goodfellas with a z I'll also get, like to give a shout out to my team. Shout out to Tommy Guns, Dav Shaw, Big A, Fire Jaws, Lex, Fatty's Place, my partner for life. You know what I'm saying? My man Nas. You know what I mean? All of us, we out there working very hard for everybody to bring the culture to the forefront, not just to talk about beats and rhymes. Shout out to the Mike Council, Truth Behind Bars, all the interviews and podcasts that we have. We like to shout you out, the people who support, because we are doing great things because of you. And we're on our quest to a thousand subscribers. So please check us out on all these social media platforms. Our podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor.fm as well. We're all over the place because hip-hop is universal and so are we. We thank everybody for contributing to our movement. And guess what? We have more to come. That's right. We're on our trek to episode 100 of the podcast. And we're still looking to get 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So with that being said, thank you for all your help. We say peace and we out. <laughs>